Have you ever had any questions about the Bible that you just couldn't get a solid answer for? Perhaps someone gave you answers, but they were confusing or not biblical. You tuned in at the right time and place to find real answers from God's Word, the Bible. You can call us right now with your questions at 472-1111 or in the CNMI at 323-1113. Be sure to turn your radio down when you call. Live from Guam, join us now for Straight from the Bible with Pastor Louis Moffness. Good afternoon. Welcome to another time of Straight from the Bible. We're so glad that you are here Thanks for joining us for our program. This is a live Bible question and answer program. We're so glad that we can spend this time together opening up God's Word. And before we do so, we would like to invite you to please join us for prayer. Wonderful Lord in heaven, thank you so much for speaking to us through the Scriptures of Truth. And we want to have our questions answered straight from the Bible. And so we ask that you will please send us your Holy Spirit to be our teacher and guide and please be with our listening friends and those of us here in the studios of Joy FM. Thank you, and we pray all these things in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, my name is Pastor Louis Moffinus, and I would like to welcome you and welcome my wonderful wife, Jessica. Hello, Jessica. So glad that you're here with me. Hello, Pastor Moffinus. Thank you for having with me, you, me with you in the studio today. <laughs> sometimes my tongue gets really tied sometimes if I speak too fast and my brain isn't as... <laughs> so we, we would like to welcome you and thank you very much for tuning in. This is Joy FM and the program today is Straight from the Bible. This is a program where if you have a Bible question, you may pick up your phones and contact us or you may do... Uh, you can contact contact us. See, it's happening in me now. You can contact us through uh, several different ways. And so Jessica, if people out there have a question... A Bible question, Why? Uh, how could they contact us? Okay, if you have a Bible question, please pick up your phones and dial this number if you are on the island of Guam. That number is 472-1111, 472-1111. If you are calling for, from Saipan, Tinian, or Rhoda, go ahead and pick up your, your phone as well. That's 323-1113, 323-1113. You're welcome to WhatsApp or text your question at 686-9999. That's 686-9999. If you want to email your question, you're welcome to do so at Bible at joyfmradio.net, B-I-B-L-E at joyfmradio.net. We are also live on Facebook right now. So if you want to check us out, waving at you, that's facebook.com forward slash joyfmradio. You can also put your question in the comment section if you want to do that or just drop in a word of hello. You're welcome to do so. But we would love to hear from you personally if you want to go ahead and give us a call. Thank you. And, of course, if you're listening to this program at any other time besides Monday from 5 to 6 p.m., then you're listening to a rebroadcast. You may still contact the studios of Joy FM and our wonderful uh, people are, are here to take your question. But, of course... Because it's uh, uh, it's a live program, they'll save the question for the following program, the next Monday. So go ahead and pick up your phone right now, and we have a half hour before we go into our first break. And so go ahead and pick up your phones and contact us. And Jessica gave you the number, and we look forward to hearing from you. And while we're waiting for those lines to start ringing, I think, Jessica, we do have some email questions that uh, we can take a look at. 
and uh, answer those questions while we're waiting for phone calls. Okay, so we did get an email question that did come in. Uh, the question is, if we die without getting married, would we still go to heaven when Jesus comes? Okay, now that is an interesting question because we're talking about going to heaven and it seems as if the person who is asking this is linking it to getting married or not. Mm. We want to say that the way to the kingdom of heaven is not through marriage. Um, it is through your connection with Jesus rather than a spouse. Right. And so it's, it's, a, it's a connection that you have with Christ. It's the connection, the faith trust that you have with him and accepting his salvation. And uh, that really doesn't have much to do with, uh, with uh, whether or not you're single, married, or, or divorced, or anything like that. It is whether or not your relationship with Christ has been established. Mm. Did you have anything to add to that? No, I, I totally agree. If, if we're going to get married to anyone, it should be Jesus because he's <laughs> the one that's coming home for his bride yes. to take her to heaven. So, yeah. And, you know, a lot of people, they, they wonder, you know, um, if I don't get married, you know, have I missed something? <laughs> right. Did I miss a chance? You know, I had my whole life to get married and, I'm, I, you know, when Christ comes or I die first. And I'm still single and that, you know, have I missed out on something wonderful and something that I that I'll never get a chance to uh, to experience? Um, you know, we we can <laughs> we can look at it that way or we can look at it as uh, we can look at it um, considering how wonderful heaven is going to be, even in the absence of every earthly pleasure. You know, some of us never traveled you know some of us never accomplished our bucket list here right. on, here on mm -hmm. here on this earth you know mm -hmm. i always wanted to go to paris but now you know there is no paris because everything's been destroyed by jesus christ second coming or i never got to own a own a rottweiler like i always did there may have been a million or a billion things that we might have wanted to do that we thought would bring us happiness here in this world, I never got rich. I never got to own that big house that I wanted to. Mm. Um, I never accomplished my dreams or anything like that. There may be a, a whole lot of things that we never accomplished here in this world that we thought, wow, that would have made me really happy. And now when Jesus comes, it doesn't seem like it, uh, a lot of those plans or a lot of those things that would have made me happy uh, is going to happen. So in heaven, will I be happy if I never got to experience those things? Maybe even marriage is one of those things. And so there's a verse in Psalm 1611, and if uh, I think we can go there and read it. Uh, I can quote it, but I think it's better if we read it. So let's go to the book of Psalm 16, verse 11. And uh, perhaps, Jessica, you can read that for us. It says, You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Okay. So... In his presence is fullness of joy. It's, right. not, it's not even partial. It's the fullness of joy. And forevermore, there are joys at his right hand. So the Bible is telling us that um, when we get to heaven, our joy will be incredibly full forever. Now, I, I don't think any of us have an inkling of what that, uh, what that experience must be like to have full joy forever. <laughs> Our God has has way more in store for us than anything we think we're missing out here on earth. Mm -hmm. 
And so um, please, whatever you think you have been deprived of here in this world, make it to the kingdom of heaven, make it there. And God promises you will not be disappointed at all in anything that you think you quote unquote missed out on. The one thing you must not miss out on is heaven itself. Right. You know, I was just thinking there will be a lot of children in heaven. True. Children that may have been put to rest early in life because, mm. of course, they're their children that will be in heaven and they've never experienced marriage. Right. Uh, and, you know, uh, I know that is so true. Yes. Right. And, you know, even Jesus said little children, it, mm. there'll be uh, heaven is going to be made up of many children. That's right. Um, so, and we know they've never mm-hmm. gotten married. That's right. And they'll and, still be there. And and yet they'll be perfectly happy right. in the presence of God. Right. And, uh, you know, that's another, that's another pleasure that some people think they miss out. You know, we, I never had a child. Mm. Well, actually, the Bible does tell us that, um, that in the kingdom of heaven, there will be children who won't have parents. The parents didn't make it, but the child did. Right. And so there will be people there who never had children. And so there's going to be, uh, you might say, quote unquote, new family units um, put together in right. the kingdom. Right. And so it's uh, it's going to be wonderful. The Bible says that the the barren has more children than those who uh, were fruitful. And so it's going. Uh, yeah. Th- in other words, God is going to solve it. God is going to solve everything that you might be worried about. I don't know why people are worried about going to heaven or what they <laughs> what they're going to find there. Just get there. And you will be happy. You know, I'll tell you, uh, I we we only have X amount of kids, and I would love to have more kids when I get to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, children are wonderful. They, they are, are. A huge blessing. Okay, now it looks like we have a Facebook question, and so let's go ahead and take Joseph's question, Jessica. So the question is: Can Jesus be God and the Son of God? Good question. Very good question. Now, when we're talking about Jesus Christ and who he is, uh, probably the first thing that we need to nail down is Jesus God. If I were to answer this in a very, very uh, succinct way, Mm -hmm. um, Jesus was capable of doing things that only God can do. Right. One, he could forgive sins. Two, he could read uh, the hearts of men. And three, he received worship. And so these are things that only God uh, can do or can receive. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, Jesus is God. Uh, John chapter 1, verses 1 to 3 and verse 14 should answer that without a shadow of a doubt. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Right. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And then if you go down to verse 14, it says, And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, uh, the, glo- uh, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. And so, yes, the, the scriptures uh, unequivocally state that Jesus is God, just as much as the Father and the Holy Spirit. Okay, so if Jesus is God... Joseph's question. Well, actually, before I go on, is there anything you wanted to add to that, Jessica, about the divinity of Jesus and how he is, in fact, God? No, I'd I, I love it if you can continue with your thoughts. Okay. All right. Well, then Jesus Christ, then how is he? Uh, can he also be the son of God? Well, yes, he can, because we need to remember the father is God, too. <laughs> right. And so in the Old Testament, and if we go to the book of John, uh, sorry, in the Old Testament is Psalms. 
And if we go to the book of Psalms, we see a, a reference to the sun. And so this is in the book, it should be Psalm 1, or it may be Psalm 2. And perhaps it is Psalm 2. Yep, verse 12. Okay, and if you could, uh, would you like to help us with that, Jessica? Sure. It says, kiss the son, lest he be angry and you perish in the way, when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are those who put their trust in him. And so we are to trust in this son. And when it says kiss, that means um, to receive him. You know, mm-hmm. that, that's how they received, that's how they greeted a person back in the um, Orient way. And so these, uh, the different kiss, <laughs> you know, the, and right. so the kiss of greeting. And so receive the son. And so it's, it's talking about the son. So in the Old Testament, before Jesus became a baby in Bethlehem, his relationship to the father is described as a father-son relationship. Um, they have their reasons for describing their relationship that way. And so the way this, uh, the way the father and the son, the way they related to each other before in the Old Testament times, they described themselves as having the relationship of father and son. It's a very intimate and loving relationship mm-hmm. where um, the way a father looks at a son and has such joy with him and the way the son reveres the father and respects him, this is the way that um, the, the relationship was described before Christ became incarnate. Mm. Now, when Jesus was born, though, when Jesus was born and he became uh, he became a, a baby, he had no earthly father. Joseph was not his biological father. Uh, according to the book of um, Luke, uh, the, the child that was born in Mary's womb was from, from, from God. This will be the Son of God. And so Jesus Christ became the Son of God in another sense, in the sense that as a human, as the Son of God and the Son of Man, he had no other Father but God himself. Mm. And so, yes, Jesus is God, and he is the Son of God at the same time. And so that is how we can understand the whole person of Jesus. And I'm really only scratching the surface uh, when we're talking about the relationship between the Father and the Son. Right. And, you, you know, I, um, I really like how you brought out in John chapter 1 mm-hmm. how the Word became flesh and, you know, he, and, and that Word is Jesus Christ. Yes. To show that he was even in the beginning with God the Father and he was there in creation with God the Father right. and partook and, if anything, is, is a creator. He um, is, according to, according to verse uh, 2 and 3. Right. Especially verse 3. Nothing was made that was made uh, without him that no, was made. So that's right. he made everything and thus proves he is God, if anything. It, it, it is the Bible's testimony that the person who came, lived amongst us, and then died on the cross for our sins was not a created being. He was not simply a man, not merely, and he was no angel. He was, in fact, God, Right. specifically God the Son. Right. And, uh, and you know, the most famous verse that uh, all Christians know mm. is John 3.16. And right. just that tells us who, yes. uh, how, I'll just 
read it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, which is Jesus Christ. Yes, his son. Uh, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Mm-hmm. And even God acknowledges that his son, yes. Jesus Christ, is also God. And, and I know there's a verse that you always love to quote. And I in love Hebrews. that verse. In the book of Hebrews, if we go there, it's the father himself speaking. And this is so important when we want to know um, the very nature of Jesus Christ. Mm. If we go to the book of Hebrews chapter 1, the, the writer of Hebrews is making a distinction between the Son and all the other angels. It says in verse 7, I'll go ahead and read it this okay. time. Mm-hmm. In verse 7 it says, And of the angels he saith, Who maketh his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. So, the angels were made according to this verse. They right. are creatures. Mm. They are creations. But if you read verse 8, it says, But unto the Son he saith, Thy throne, O God. What did the Father just say to the Son? God. He just called him God. God. And so, Son of God, and at the same time, God. God. So, Unto the Son, he saith, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Mm. So, the, the, again, the, these are just a few scriptures that uh, show that Jesus Christ is, in fact, God. He receives worship. He knows our hearts. And uh, there's another verse that I love. It's my favorite verse in all the Bible in Second. um Second Corinthians chapter uh, two verse uh, twenty one, and uh, would you re- like to read that for us? Second um, Corinthians two. Maybe oh, I'm sorry. Another verse. Is it three twenty one? Now I'm now I'm doubting my own. Let's try that. <laughs> my own um, um my own uh, favorite verse where where the it says um for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, uh, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. I don't know why the reference is escaping my mind right now. And so it's Second Corinthians 5.21. Forgive me. Okay, Second Corinthians 5.21. And uh, I already quoted it, but Jessica, right. go ahead and read it. So it says, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Now, it's interesting to note is that the one who knew no sin but became sin for us. I love mm-hmm. that transaction, by the way. Jesus Christ takes our sin. Right. And then it says that we, he became sin for us so that we might be made the righteousness of a man. No. The righteousness of an angel. No. No. It says the righteousness of God. Right. So Jesus... In giving us his righteousness, he just gave us God's right. That's the righteousness he had. That's the righteousness he showed while here on earth. That's the righteousness he worked out for our salvation. Mm. And so, yeah, a, a verse after verse uh, um, gives testimony to who Jesus was. This was not a mere rabbi. He was not a mere seraphim or cherubim. Uh, he was not a created being. He was, in fact, the creator himself. God himself gave his life for us. That is amazing. Awesome. That shows the love that God has for us. Right. That God was willing to give his own life. And God the Father was willing to, be, uh, to give his own son, who he had known from eternity past, right. uh, to save the sinner. 
That is amazing grace. The, when, when, the higher we, we see Jesus, the more amazing his grace is to us. Right. And that, that it shows how much God loves us because that is the ultimate gift. Absolutely. I mean, what more can you do than to, mm. than to take the place of a person who's on death row? That's anything? right. You know, what more can be given? That's right. Uh, and the good thing about, the awesome thing about yeah. that is that God takes away every excuse that we can throw out there. Uh, for sin, true, because of his sacrifice for us. Absolutely, he. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure we can come up with a million reasons why we we should come to sin, but when when we look at the cross, you're right. That all just crumbles, and it they seem so weak and uh, non-existent. Because when when you see the love of God up there, how can you make any? What what? How can you give any reason to turn away that love? It, it, if we will just, if we will just be still, and just let that love draw us towards it, towards Him, and uh, realize that there is there is a God who loves you more than His own life, and He on the cross basically just said to us, "I would rather say goodbye to all eternity without you, right, than to spend eternity in heaven." Well, I'm, uh, without you. And so Jesus Christ, he, his sacrifice on the cross, it, it, it is the same love of the Father as of the Son, and they are both um, showing the deep, deep, uh, fathomless love that they have for each and every one of us. And that is amazing and wonderful. That is awesome. Okay, now it looks like we have about five minutes before we take our break, and we would like to invite you again to call in your questions. Here are the numbers if you would like to call. 472-1111, 472-1111. That's if you're calling from Guam. If you're calling from Saipan, Tinian, or Rhoda, then please dial 323-1113, 323-1113. If you would like to text us, text us on WhatsApp, then it's uh, area code 671-686-9999. Again, that's 671-686-9999, and that is free from the CNMI. Or you may go to facebook.com forward slash joyfmradio. Go to our Facebook page and click on the live stream, and you'll see us, and you'll know what we look like, and you can leave your question there on the comment section. So please go ahead and contact us. We'll be waiting for your call. Now, Jessica, it looks like we have another question coming from Joseph. And uh, Joseph is asking, so if Jesus is God, then on Calvary, when Jesus died, wouldn't God die as well? Mm. Good question. Did God die? (laughs) Now, there is not enough brain cells in my brain in my skull, to fully comprehend what happened there when it comes to divinity. But I do not believe that divinity died. I do not. I believe Jesus' humanity died. But I don't believe that divinity died because Jesus never sinned. You see what I'm saying? He went into that grave bearing all of our sins. And so his human nature did die. But he himself never sinned. He never spoiled that perfect righteousness that he had all of his life. The perfect obedience, the perfect uh, 
the perfect following of his father's law, perfect righteousness, perfect love, purity, holiness, um, uh, kindness, and and uh, patience. Everything, everything that that Jesus was supposed to be, he never ruined that once by sinning. And so, I don't believe his divinity died. I believe it was safe with the Father. I believe that the Father and the Son. Um, you know, they, they, their divinity was intact and Jesus never sacrificed that because if you think about it, if it died, then what righteousness do we have to get forgiveness? Mm, Right. Right. It's almost like if I die and I have a gajillion dollars in the bank account, um, I may die, but that riches is still there, um, to be given to the the people I leave it to, right. you know, in my will or whatever. Right. And so it's almost like that. When Jesus died, his righteousness was safe in the bank so that we could have righteousness for salvation. Right. And so, no, I do not believe that God died. I believe the Son of Man gave his life. That is pretty much um, how the Scriptures uh, guarantees our salvation. Right. Now, I don't... I don't know exactly at what angle uh, that question was being asked, right? But I could I could have a response at a different angle. Maybe God the Son, yes, He did die that day, but God the Father was in so much pain. Hmm. I mean, to me, if one of my children and there are many parents who lost their kids, right? Um, and I remember when uh, our neighbor of ours lost her little girl hmm. through dengue. I remember. And she was in so much pain. It was like, to her, it was like death for her. Right. For herself. So if anything, when God the Son died that day, and he was separated from God the Father, which he did, he took the second death for us. Mm -hmm. I can imagine the the pain and anguish God the Father went through. well, everything that the everything that the son went through, the father was experiencing as well. Right. You might say the father went through the cross too. Right. Mm. Exactly. That's basically what I'm <laughs> getting at. Yes. Well, thank you very much, Joe, for both of those questions. We certainly hope that uh, the question the questions were answered. Okay. It looks like we do have another question that has been given to us simply by written form, and we have about two minutes left before our break, and we'll go ahead and say what we can before we're before we have to take a pause. All right, so the question is, somewhere in the New Testament, there's a verse that mentions humans judging angels. Can you touch on this? And the verse may be somewhere in the book of Revelation. It's in the book of 1 Corinthians, actually. Okay. Now, in the book of Revelation, chapter 20, it does say that uh, the saints will um, reign with Christ for a thousand years. If we go to the book of First Corinthians, I believe it should be First Corinthians. There it is in chapter six, and it says in verse uh, two and three uh, about the saints judging. So, could you read that for us? First Corinthians six, two and three. It says, "Do you not know that we shall judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this life?" And then verse three. And it says. Oh, I'm sorry. You were saying two and three? Oh, two and three. Yes, go ahead. Okay, verse two. Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world will be judged by you, you are unworthy to judge the smallest matters. Do you not know that we shall judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this life? So we will judge the world. Saints are going to judge the world. And then they. it says that they will judge angels. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's the verse that is uh, in question. 
And so, as you can hear from the music, we're going to be taking a break. We are not done. Please stay tuned. We'll take that question. We'll be right back after this. Don't get weary. Don't despair. Don't be afraid. Don't worry. Don't be deceived. Don't lose heart. Don't be foolish. Don't speak unwholesome words. Don't be selfish. Don't lie. Don't be harsh. Don't allow your heart to get hard. That's a lot of don'ts. All kinds of things you shouldn't do. What should you do? Love. Love God. Love everybody else. If you do it right, that should take the rest of your life. Joy FM. Welcome back to the second half of Straight from the Bible. You can call us right now with your questions at 472-1111 or in the CNMI at 323-1113. You can email your questions anytime to bible at joyfmradio.net. Submit your questions online to joyfmradio.net or message us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash joyfmradio. Join us now for Straight from the Bible. Hello and welcome back to the second half of Straight from the Bible's live here in the studios of Joy FM. I got Pastor Moffness right here by my side. If you'd like to ask him a question, you're welcome to give us a call at 472-1111 if you are on the island of Guam. If you are on Saipan, Tinian, or Rota, that's 323-1113. Or you want to WhatsApp your question, you're welcome to do so at 686-9999. Or you can email your Bible question, although we'd love to hear from you personally. That's Bible at joyfmradio.net. But if you want to check us out on Facebook, we are live right now. And of course, it's being recorded. But you can... Also put your question there at facebook.com forward slash joy FM radio. Okay. And so let's continue in the question that we, the verse that we were reading in first Corinthians chapter six, verses uh, two and three about the saints judging the world and then the saints judging angels. Now, when we go to the book of revelation chapter 20, and we're talking about the millennium, the 1000 years that happen after Jesus comes, Um, When Jesus comes, that starts the 1,000 years of the book of Revelation, chapter 20. And uh, I'd like to read verse 4. Could you please read that for us, Jessica? It says, And I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was committed to them, that I saw the souls, souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God, who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received his mark on the fore- their foreheads or on their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. For 1,000 years, it says that they are judging and reigning. The word reigning means they're sitting in power, places of authority. The wicked have died mm-hmm. at the second coming of Jesus, and the wicked who were already dead, they don't get a resurrection until after the thousand years. And so Satan is on earth, bound here. The, dragons, the dragon is bound with the chains here in this world, while the saints are in heaven and they are judging. So what are they judging? Well, it says that they're going to judge the world according to 1 Corinthians 6. In other words, they will be looking at, uh, well, they'll have questions. They'll have questions and God is going to provide them answers. Um, Jesus said, um, for every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. 
So evidently, everything we say, everything we do, is written down.、Mm-hmm. Lots of books. I, I wonder how my book looks like, and I, I pray that my book is cleansed with the blood of Jesus Christ. But when we get to heaven,、uh, let's say I get there and I'm like, oh wow, where's where's my、uh, where's my church member that I that I love so much, and this person came to church all the time. Why aren't they here? Well, apparently, outwardly they did seem Christian, but what if I took a closer look in their book? Then my question will be answered. This is what the book says. This is why he's not here. Or perhaps another person is looking around and he says, "Wait a minute! Can you imagine、um, Stephen when he comes up in the resurrection and he sees the apostle Paul? He says, 'Wait a minute! That person was there when I was getting stoned, and he was cheering.' <laughs>、right. And so he'll have some questions, and he'll be able to well not only talk to Paul, but he'll also look at、uh, Paul's book and boy, what the the things he's going to read. Oh wow! Look at his conversion. Look at the, what he did after when after I died, he went and became a a believer, and then an amazing missionary, and won many souls to Christ. And his his writings are in the scriptures, and that continued to save people.、Mm-hmm. And so the Stephen is going to make his own judgment, and everyone in reading the books, looking at the lives of the people that they knew here in this world, their all of their questions are going to be answered as they make their own judgment, which agrees with God's judgment. Right. Now, what about judging angels? Well, there are two types of angels. There are the angels that have fallen, and、uh, I don't think we're going to have any problem judging them. <laughs>、uh, you know, we're going to read their story. We're、right. going to read their story of how they were once holy angels. We're going to see their story of when、uh, Lucifer came to them, lied to them. They believed God tried to set the record straight by telling the truth, but they disbelieved God and sided with the enemy. I believe that we will also judge the holy angels. And again, this is not about condemning them, but we're going to read their story too. Your own guardian angel, or your own recording angel, or your angel that was.、Uh, Uh, you know that, how many angels do we have every day?、Um, we can never know until then. And I look forward to reading their story. Oh wow! This is when you were approached by Lucifer, right? And this is what he said to you, and this is how you refused him and stayed faithful to、mm-hmm. the Creator God. Wow! <laughs> you know, wow! The stories and the testimonies. I, I'm glad we're going to be given a thousand years because.、Um, I want to do a lot of reading, <laughs> and any question. It may not even have to be about those things. You know, I have a lot of questions about science, about questions about history, questions about mysteries that have never been solved.、Uh, I'm, I'm going to have a lot of questions, and so the the saints are going to be forming their own judgment as to the result of God's judgment, and at the end of it, I imagine God at the end of the of the thousand years saying, "So, what do you think?" What, based on what you, the records have said, what do you think about the decisions I've made about who is in heaven and who is not? And I imagine every one of those saints, with one voice, saying, "God, you are just. Right. Everything you have done is good and loving. Everything you did was fair. And and、uh, if we made, if the the decision were ours, we would have made the same decision as you did because we agree with you. Right." Uh, regarding the people on Earth, regarding the angels, everything happened according to、uh, their choice, and you did everything you could to save. And so that is how、uh, I can touch on that whole、um, 
that whole uh, concept of the saints judging the world and the saints judging angels. Uh, did you have anything to add to that, Jessica? Oh, yeah. So and I was as you were talking about that, I was just remembering in uh, Philippians chapter two, verse 10, where it says, and that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth. And I'm just thinking how at the end, uh, at the end of everyone's life, angels as as well as humans, we're all going to be compelled to say, yes, yes. God is just mm-hmm. and right and righteous yes. and merciful yes. and everything that he claims he is, mm-hmm. which he is. Which he is. Uh, so even the fallen angels are going to bow their knees. And would you? Yes, that's right. And if I may touch on that, mm-hmm. God opens the books to the saints in heaven mm-hmm. and they're all convinced. Isn't it amazing that in the book of Revelation chapter 20, it says that when the when the the dragon and all of his armies are going to attack the new Jerusalem at the end of the thousand years, uh-huh. amazing, amazing, amazing. God opens the same books to them, and he he lets them see the books. Right. And he asks the same question, based on the books, whose fault is it that you're outside? Right. And and the the best book that is mentioned there is the Lamb's Book of Life. Mm-hmm. In other words, I believe that they're going to see the cross again. They're going to see the cross. They're going to see Jesus on the cross. They're going to hear him say, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Mm -hmm. They're going to see what the the, the great extent that God went to save them. And at the end of it all, they, Satan himself, will say and they will proclaim every every demon and every wicked person on their knees and all the saints in the in the city, everyone angels and people alike, all that have ever lived, they will all ascribe glory and justice and honor to the Lamb. And they will say, you have done everything good. Both the wicked and the righteous will say that. And in that way, the question of sin is put out forever. When the one who started sin, Lucifer, even he admits he's wrong. So right. there's no more question about sin. Right. There's no more question about God's character. There's no more question about about um, about uh, if the wicked die, whose fault is it? It's not God's. Mm-hmm. And so everything, everything is answered by the cross and that and the things that are written in the books. That's so awesome. It's it's grand and a far more grand than my language can give. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so we certainly hope that that answered the question to that wonderful listener who asked that. Okay. So what do we have next, Jessica? It says, did Jephthah put his daughter on the altar and kill her? Okay, you find that in the book of Judges chapter 14. Now, this is an anonymous uh, person who sent in this question. So let's go there to the book of Judges chapter 14, uh, or is it 11? Uh, Let's go to chapter 11 and we'll read 30 and 31. Okay, let me go ahead and go there. Chapter 11 of Judges, Mm -hmm. Jephthah. All right, verse 30. And Jephthah made a vow to the Lord and said, If you will indeed deliver the people of Ammon into my hands, then it will be that whatever comes out of the doors of my house to meet me when I return in peace from the people of Ammon shall surely be the Lord's, and I will offer it up as a burnt offering. Now, that doesn't sound very nice. <laughs> because what happened is that it was his daughter right. that came out of the door. Right. And the daughter encouraged the father to go on with his vow. 
And so many people say, did Jephthah just sacrifice his daughter as a burnt offering? Right. Because it says, whatever comes out of my door will be the Lord's and will be, and I will offer it as a, as a burnt offering. Right. It's, did this, is this an example of human sacrifice mm-hmm. in the name of God in the book of Judges? Well, let me go ahead and um, do what I can to put everyone's mind at rest. No, <laughs> Jephthah's mm-hmm. daughter was not offered as a burnt sacrifice. Here's the reason why. Where it says, where when Jephthah said, whatsoever comes out of the door shall be the Lord's and I will offer, up, offer it up as a burnt sacrifice. The word and there could more accurately be translated or. Uh. And so then if you read it with that more accurate translation, it reads like this, whatever comes out of the door shall be the Lord's or I will offer it as a burnt offering. Right. So now you have two options and not just one. Right. So Jephthah, the daughter came out and Jephthah's like, oh no, why have you done this? Because now you are going to be the Lord's. Now to get a little bit of a, um, a sense of that is when Hannah said that the child that the Lord will give me will be the Lord's. Right. In other words, Samuel eventually left his mother and his father, and he became a servant in the sanctuary. Right. And so it's pretty much the same thing here. So no, uh, Jephthah's daughter was never sacrificed, but she bewailed her virginity because now she would be the Lord's. She would be sanctified for the Lord. She would not take any possessions, you know, kind of like the Levites, no possessions. And it didn't seem like she was, uh, she seemed, it seemed like she thought that she wasn't going to have any husband or child either. Right. And she just simply lived a life consecrated to God. And uh, then, you know, God was going to be her all. And Jephthah was a little upset with that because, you know, every, every parent wants their, their young girl to grow up, get married, give me grandkids and, and so on and so forth. Because uh, having children was a huge blessing from God. And sure it was. was. Sure still and, is. <laughs> yeah. That's why when women didn't have children, like mm, you read in yeah. the Old Testament, they think, oh, you're cursed from God because mm. you don't have any children. Right. And Because you know, children were supposed to bring joy right. to, the, to, the, to the heart of the mother and father, to the home. Right. It looked like that wasn't going to happen. Right. And it shows that um, just reading in the context, because I was even reading verse 38 and 39, how you said she they were bewailing her virginity. Right. Uh, And then it says that uh, Jephthah kept his his vow to Mm -hmm. God. And then at the last sentence, it says, she knew no man. Exactly. It was because she was giving her life basically to God. Right. Um, If anything, yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, no. Uh, First of all, there is no record there in that story that she ever was uh, put on an altar. Right. and uh, you know, and God doesn't do that. God doesn't do human sacrifice, right? And you, and you it's know, still when not his character. No, it isn't. But w- the thing is, when he did command it of Abraham, it actually records him being on the altar. Right. But there's no rec- record of that here. Right. And so, I believe that if you read it with the more correct translation of that word "and," it's actually "or." So there's two options. Okay. Okay. Awesome. So thank you very much for that question. Whoever emailed that in. Okay. Do we have another one, Jessica? We do. It says, the listener says, please ex- explain Second Corinthians 3, 16 and 17. I believe it's Second Timothy. I'm sorry, Second Timothy. Sorry. Okay. Uh, if you can read that for us, Jessica. Let me go ahead and turn there. Okay, Second Timothy. 
second. Oops. In my Bible, I kind of overshot it. There it is. Okay. What chapter was that? I think it was chapter 3. Okay. Let me see. 3, 16, and 17. Okay. Here it says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. It's a wonderful verse. All scripture. And when it says all scripture, um, for the most part, this is talking about the Old Testament because mm-hmm. the New Testament hadn't really been put together. Right. Uh, it was in the process of being written. Um, you know, Paul was writing right. his epistles. The Gospels were being written. So those but could also be, be included. Applied, it, it can be applied. Right. Absolutely. Applied. But uh, this is definitely including the Old Testament. It's all given by inspiration of God. Now, the word inspiration there, uh, sometimes translated God breathed, where God he influenced the, the the minds and the writings of the prophets, mm. the writers of the the writers of the scriptures, and it's all profitable. That means it's good. It is such a benefit for doctrine. That means for teachings, mm-hmm. for reproof. In other words, um, to rebuke sin, and it's faithful for doing that. There right. isn't anything in the scriptures that gives a good reason to sin. So it's good for reproof, for correction. So not only will it tell you something that's bad, but it will tell you how to do right. That's mm-hmm. how you correct something, right? right. So it, it puts down sin and it lifts up uh, righteousness and instruction in righteousness. And so to continue to learn how to live the righteous life. In verse 17, it says that the man of God may be complete or perfect. Uh here is the here's the the dinger is that without the scriptures um without god i'll put it this way without god speaking his word into our lives mm. um we really don't have anything to tell us what's right and wrong right uh, we don't have anything that really spells out the plan of salvation or tells us the tells us who god is and so if we're going to be complete if we're going to be made perfect then yes the scriptures is given for that purpose. And uh, thoroughly uh, thoroughly furnished unto all good works, um, you know, it makes a difference in our life. It helps us to put away sin, and it helps us to do good works instead. Right. And so it's a very, the, the scriptures, uh, it cannot be overestimated, uh, the importance in our lives that it holds. Right. It's so important how the Word <clears throat> of God is... And, you know, Jesus is the word. So if anything, he certainly this, is. this is all about with, him. He's one with this. He's one with this, even th- with the Holy Spirit as well. So I hope that answers the question to explaining Second Timothy. 3, you know, 6, I might want to say when it says all scripture, that is a very good deterrent from a teaching saying, you know, only some parts of the right, Bible right. or only half of the Bible. Some people mm. say, well, just the New Testament. Well, that would be a very big mistake, right. especially when it says that all Scripture is given by God, inspired by God. We right. we really shouldn't feel at liberty to discard any portion of Scripture. Right. It's all his, and we need all of it. Right. Okay. So thank you. Okay, Pastor Moffness, our next question. I just want to say... Um, before we go to our next question, yeah, in the book of, I'm sorry, yeah, <laughs> I'm so used to saying that. What I want to say is that we have only 10 minutes left, oh. and we would love to hear a question in the book of, <laughs> it's a habit. <laughs> okay, we only have 10 minutes left, and we would really love to have a call. We would love to hear you. We would love to um, 
uh, take your call and ask, uh, hear you ask a question, and we can answer it. So, uh, Jessica, could you please give those phone numbers one more time? All right. If you are calling from Guam, I'll just give the phone numbers, Pastor Moffin. It's just the phone numbers. Okay. So if you're calling from Guam, it's 472-1111. So go ahead and pick up your phone and call us, 472-1111. If you're calling from CNMI, that's 323-1113. 323-1113. Excellent. It looks like the f- phone lines are ringing, and that is good news. Yay. Okay. So, um, before, uh, you know, because we want this call to come through, I don't want to uh, take away any of their time with another question. But what I, what I do want to say about the scriptures mm-hmm. is that um, Jesus Christ in the book of John chapter 5, he says um, the scriptures testify about him. And I really liked how you pointed out that because Jesus is the word, Everything that we just read right. about Second uh, Timothy three sixteen and seventeen, mm-hmm. it's all it's it's things that Jesus does through the Bible. Yeah, and that's the reason why we have this program. It's wonderful to get answers straight from the Bible, but we really want to get it straight from Jesus, uh, because He is the real reason uh, for Bible study or meditating upon Scripture. Okay, now we did have a phone call, but they decided to just uh, send it in um, in written form. So, Jessica, okay. what do we have? So, the question is Can you explain the time when Elijah healed a boy by laying on him? Laying on him. Okay. Um, that should be in the, in the book of either 1st or 2nd Kings. And I'm going to guess it's 1st Kings because 2nd Kings is pretty much uh, talking about when he. Uh, was going to be taken in a whirlwind. But yes, uh, there was a, a boy who died. And actually, it looks Second like... Second Kings. It's Second Kings, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Okay. If we can go there and... Let's see if I can find it as well. Second Kings. If you go to the book of... Well, I think it's in First Kings. First Kings? In First okay. Kings, where it's talking about... Uh, about the widow of Zarephath. And okay. it, says in, it says in verse 17, um, And it came to pass after those things that the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, fell sick. And his sickness was so sore that there was no breath left in him. And if you go down further. So this is First Kings 17. Just correct. Like listeners yes. Okay. In verse 20 it says, And he cried unto the Lord. That's Elijah cried to the Lord and said, O Lord my God, Hast thou also brought evil upon the widow with whom I sojourn by slaying her son? In verse 21, And he stretched himself upon the child three times and cried unto the Lord and said, O O Lord my God, I pray thee, let this child's soul come into him again. And the Lord, in verse 22, And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah, and the soul of the child came unto him again, and he revived. So, what is this about? Uh, could you bring up that question again on our screen? And it, you know, it's it's all about the question was why was Elijah laying on him? <laughs> well, I am going to get really uh, personal here, and that is, uh, we've all had people who died, and I have had to go to the hospital in the chapel. Uh, or I've had to be there when a person in the hospital dies. And whenever there, there's, a per, there, there's always great sorrow, there's mm-hmm. always tears, there's 
Sometimes there's even wailing. And I, I do remember times where a daughter who lost her mother would embrace the, the lifeless body of her mom, uh, lying down on top of her. And, you know, there, I, I've seen other relatives come over and try to pull the daughter off and say, Hey, you know, don't do that. Calm down. And I actually told the relatives and I say, please just leave her alone. She needs this to grieve. She needs this. That's her, that's her mother. Mm. And it's hard. It's hard for her. Let her hold her as long as she wants. And so the act of Elijah stretching himself over that child just shows the love he had for that child. Mm. It showed how that, that child was actually dear to him. Okay. I don't know, he wasn't the father or anything like that, but that, that family um, uh, showed such great love right. to Elijah. They were close to him. They were very close to him. You might say he was a friend of the family, and that little boy um, was a gift from God right. to Elijah. That, that we just read that, right? And um, I can imagine every time Elijah passed by that house, that little boy would go out and run and greet him, and Elijah will be like, "Oh, there's that boy that God gave right. our friend the widow," mm-hmm. and on and on and on. Oh, I'm sorry. I believe I'm talking about Elisha when I'm talking about that. But the, the point is, is that. Um, that that son was obviously very dear to Elijah, and so that is yeah. I'm sorry. That whole story about uh, about um, him being a gift from God that is the prophet Elisha. Sometimes I get mixed up, but the lying down on top of the sun does show great grief, great love, and he was imploring God with all of his heart, right, to right. bring this child back. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes, it was a, you might say, a manifestation of the great uh, feeling of loss and the great love that Elijah had for that little boy. Right. Okay. Uh, Jessica, did you want to add anything to that? Well, you know, I, I like how you really brought that out, how he, how the example of that uh, daughter laying on her mother uh, crying and refusing to let her go because of the grief that she was feeling and i'm sure many people who have can lost relate to that mm. can, can relate to that yeah definitely relate to that and i think we all relate to elijah right okay all right so it looks like we have about three minutes left boy if a call came in right now we would have to just give one of those very short answers and i do see that our lines are ringing but um we'll just see what happens okay perhaps we can take that last email question then oh, oh. Oh my, I, I underestimated it. I underestimated the time. I underestimated the time we had left. It looks like we're out of time. And that's unfortunate. But if you were trying to get your question in, uh, please don't give up. Leave our question with uh, the wonderful people here at Joy FM, and we'll take your question next Monday. And so we would like to invite you to tune in next Monday for another time of Straight from the Bible. This is Pastor Lewis Moffness. Jessica Moffness. Saying good night. God bless. Thank you for joining us for another edition of Straight from the Bible. If you missed out on your question and would like to have it aired next time, you can also email us anytime to bible at joyfmradio.net. Submit them online at joyfmradio.net.
or message us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash joyfmradio. Join us again next time for another edition of Straight from the Bible. Until then, may God bless you as you study His Holy Word, the Bible.